but you can't trip all over yourself to fix all complaints. Let's say in this example, I put out a poll to the students and say, hey, do you want life component or do you want the text-based? I can't trip all over myself and take the five different feedbacks and do all five different avenues. But then it starts taxing my resources and they end up not getting a good end result either. Welcome to Level Up Your Course, where we pull back the curtain on what it takes to create learning that transforms lives. You will hear stories from business owners like you who share their success and their struggles. This is not where you come to hear passive income myths, friend. This is where you learn the truth about building a profitable learning platform. I am your host, Janelle Allen, and this is today's episode. What's up, everyone? Today, I'm joined by Rachel Brinke, lawyer, consultant, and entrepreneur. She is also the creator of Blog Legally, a legal business course for bloggers. And she's here to share more about her course and her story. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. I think it's a very important topic. But before we get into all of the deep stuff, we have a tradition on the show, which is the rapid five. Five quick questions to help listeners get to know you. Are you ready? Sounds good. All right. Number one is easy. What did you have for breakfast? Yogurt parfait. Okay. Number two, what's the last movie you saw? Uh, A Fault in Our Stars. I've not heard of that one. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Number three is a very serious question. I'm going to need you to be resourceful. Oh, no. The zombie apocalypse has hit. <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have six minutes to grab three essential items, not including your people. Your, all of your people are okay. What three items do you pick? Well, do people include my dogs? Yes. Okay. All right. That would be <laughs> Probably, obviously, food. Silver pieces, which I can expand more on that in a second. And I guess flashlights, electricities type stuff, because I'm a big baby and afraid of the dark. But it's funny you bring this up because my father-in-law actually gifts us silver pieces. So if there's ever a problem like zombie apocalypse, end of the world, wartime or whatever, you can use that for bartering. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a a few pieces myself, so (laughs) definitely subscribe (laughs) to that. All right. Number four, what is your favorite city? Oh, Washington, D.C. And number five, what is the hardest lesson you have learned so far as an entrepreneur? Being able to say not now. You don't have to subscribe to yes or no. You say yes too much, you're going to be overburdened. If you say no, you're going to close off opportunities. So it's discerning when to say not right now so you don't close them off and you can circle back around to those opportunities later. I love that. Cool. All right. Well, you said D.C. is your favorite city. I know you do live in D.C., correct? Yeah, I live right outside of it. I think it's just, I mean, it's one of the most powerful cities in the world. And I don't know, it's just intoxicating and so much history. I just love it. Yeah. Are you originally from D.C.? I'm actually from Texas. So I almost was going to say Austin for the tacos (laughs) and the weather, but... Definitely. I feel inspired the most for entrepreneurship with Washington, D.C., which sounds a little weird, not necessarily influenced by politics, but perhaps to want to do better Mm. than what's going on, whatever political climate, no matter what administration or anything that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, that's a great segue into your story because you are a lawyer. What was your journey into entrepreneurship? Can you share? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm always so apprehensive when people introduce me as lawyer first because almost all entrepreneurs are like, Ugh, lawyer. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing is that I wasn't a lawyer first. I was an entrepreneur first and I still am. And so for me, how I got into this was I kind of always had been super analytical, much to the dismay of my teachers and my parents. I was always kind of reverse engineering and finding better workflows, processes and strategies on how to do things. And I never really ever fit into a box and I still don't. And so I knew that I was going to go into entrepreneurship in some form or fashion. Now, to give you guys some context before I go into the story a bit more, this was, and it's going to date myself a little bit, but this was before Facebook. I mean, Mm -hmm. MySpace was in infancy. Like The reason I share that is because at the time that I was wanting to come into entrepreneurship, we didn't have this plethora of freemium. In fact, the freemium model of like all this blog content didn't exist. Everything was behind paywalls or you had to really seek out a mentor, right? So getting started was very difficult. You know, you didn't see inspirational. Instagram didn't even exist. You had to read real books. Yeah, right, right, right. We really had to hit the pavement. You know, we had the internet, obviously, I'm not that old, but I knew that I I wasn't going to fit into someone else's box. And I had started kind of an online apparel store, which is so funny because I'm like the least fashionable person ever. (laughs) But it was one of these online sites that allows you to create designs, you upload them and it sells and fulfills the apparel for you. And it kind of spiraled from there. But to make this really long story short, which I'm long winded, if you can't tell, (laughs) the pivotal moment of this was I was diagnosed with cancer at age 20. And we had our son, we had one kid at the time, we have five now. And the major things that I got out of that was one, I didn't want to die and leave my kids without a mom. I wasn't even scared of the dying portion, right? Which I've been in remission for 14 years now. But the other point was, if I make it through this, I want to have something that's for me. I don't want to fill the pockets of somebody else and fulfill someone else's dreams and goals. And so from there, I just really dug in after all my treatments and everything, I dug into developing more businesses, having multiple income streams. And about that time, like I said, with the freemium model was not in existence, people were coming to me with questions because I was one to dig in and do the research. And it kind of spiraled from there. I got my MBA, which I don't think you need to have in order to be a successful business owner, but that was my path. And then went to law school. And now I've come out the other side where I not only am one that's teaching this legal and business strategy stuff, but I'm all, I also have other income streams, co-working spaces, apparel stores, and those sort of things online. So for me, guys, when you're listening and what I'm going to share through this is I'm not just a lawyer. There's many great lawyers with information out there, but there's so many who have never been entrepreneurs. So they don't get the pain points of what you're going through, right? They may know enough for the legal protection, but not really how to apply that necessarily to someone who's in like bootstrapping their startup, right? Because yeah. I didn't have two pennies to rub together when we started. Yes, that's been my journey. When did you get your law degree? What year was it? 2012. Okay, got it, got it. So what was the motivation? I want to start to segue to Blog Legally. Mm -hmm. I don't recall how I found you, but I did. I think maybe it was somebody linked out to you and, and I thought, oh, okay, this is... You don't see a lot of legal resources, information Mm -hmm. online. So what was your motivation for creating the program and who is it for? 
it really, well, not just this program. I have a couple of different yeah. brands, different industries. It all came out of need. I mean, like my whole entrepreneurship journey is out of a need to fulfill something for me and also the need that people are asking questions about. And so by the time that I exited law school, I was being overwhelmed with questions and it got really honestly to the point, well, whatever, we're being transparent here. I had someone who had come to me in a long line of people asking questions and I don't mind pouring in and giving free information and helping. I do that all the time. But I had one person who pretended to be my friend to get all this legal information for me to do all this legal work. And at the end, when she had everything she needed, Mm. she didn't want to be friends anymore, which sounds so mean girls when you're like in your (laughs) thirties, right? Yeah. But that's how it happened. And so the course arose out of that because I thought, you know what? I have a really valuable skill set. I have a really unique mindset here. Like I said, it's so completely different than what you're going to get from the lawyer down the street. And so really it was more developing it out of efficiency instead of how to repeating the same things over again. And obviously and honestly, to receive some monetary recoupment for the time and energy and lessons that I've learned. So Blog Legally itself, though, as the course, it can be for bloggers, but for me, it really was intended to be anybody that's looking at having an online presence, which should be almost everybody listening to this. If you don't, (laughs) we need to have a whole nother conversation (laughs) because you're missing the boat. But it's for anybody that wants to have an online presence because we don't just go over blogging specifics, but blogging is one of the top content mediums these days that You can, you know, freemium type stuff, free information. You can build authority and garner either sales for your products or your services. So anybody that has a blog slash is outputting content can benefit from learning about the legal protections in the course. I mean, we run through things from just simple business startup through the intricacies of intellectual property law, which is another unique skill set that I bring to the table here. Intellectual property attorneys, ones that actively really practice it are few and far between when you combine it with the other needs, like understanding how a blog works, how to run one, or how to utilize it in a content marketing strategy. So so putting all those pieces together, I kind of package it all into a course to get the information out there, to help offload some of the, you know, repeated questions I was receiving and receive a bit of monetary compensation for it. But also, and probably most importantly, to help suit the budgets of many startup business owners because I have my own firm, right? And we we bill by the hour and I and I'm going to say it it's expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, we pay for what we believe we're worth and I hope that you guys charge for what you're worth, but the reality is many startup entrepreneurs cannot afford to invest in that but they need to. So for me, you know, the last goal of this was to equip with the information, to empower each of you to really take charge and know why you're making certain decisions and strategy steps in your business. Having a lawyer is great, but I think that there is great benefit and power into the CEO, the person that's running that business to understand why certain recommendations are made, right? And that's really where this course comes in to give you guys that information on a more budget-friendly medium. Yeah. I want to come back and talk about the structure more. I know you touched on it at a high level, but I also want to take a moment to emphasize a couple of key things that you said there. One is, it's just a great pathway for anyone who is offering a service. If you start to notice you're answering the same questions over and over, 
And also, if you realize that your prices may be out of reach for some people in your audience, those are great reasons to consider packaging that that expertise that you have up into a product like Rachel did. So thank you for sharing that. In its current iteration, is it a self-paced program or is there a live component? I noticed that right now enrollment is closed. Is that, can you share more? So, well, we've been dabbling between the open cart, closed cart and evergreen style stuff. I have kind of a twin course of this on the Law Talk, which is a legal blog specific for photographers. It's very similar, though, in content. It's just geared towards photographers. Over there, we do open cart, closed cart, and we do have an evergreen component. However, whether you do open cart, closed cart or evergreen, I still... With my knowledge, like with the information that I'm putting out there, there's an element of accountability that many business owners need. And there's also, for me, I've crafted these courses that I guess what I'm trying to say is I could give you it all and you could go in and cherry pick what you want. But I really have developed it in a way that it will drip over the six or eight weeks. And depending on if like there's extra bonuses or something. And I, for like the first six to eight weeks, will only drip it in a certain order. However, you have full access to that later. Like there's quote unquote lifetime access. Mm-hmm. So as long as, you know, your whole account's paid in full and we're happy go lucky, everything's good. I mean, you haven't shared content, you haven't breached anything or whatever. You have full access to that and you can come back and refer to any sort of lessons. So they're divided with one module per week and within each module has lessons. Within the lessons are videos, and they are a mixture of either looking at my face, which for legal stuff, you don't really need that. But it's kind of a good mixture because some weeks will be slides because sometimes the topics are a bit more intensive and it makes more sense to see it written out, much like you would in school. But paired with the videos are downloads, transcripts, you know, handouts, things that you can keep. And we also have a Facebook community that you can get in with other paid students. So Right now, Blog Legally itself is doing open cart, closed cart, and that's just been a um, function of our marketing strategy, Yeah, kind of testing that. Whereas, like I said, for my other audience, there is Evergreen available, but when we do open cart, closed cart, we have extra bonuses and stuff. So it just kind of depends if you guys are thinking of dabbling into the course approach, you're going to just have to test it. You're just going to have to see based on the people that you're attracting, what works for your schedule. I've done live components in the past where, well, I guess I'll share a bit of the evolution. Like in the beginning, it was very, you get one per week, you submit questions and I'll answer them by text, right? Like in the group or whatever. Right. I switched over to a live component where we would have like three weeks of content, do a study group or study hall week where people can catch up and ask questions. And at the end of that, I would do a live. Well, I was finding because The over at the Law Talk, which is really where I've learned a lot of these lessons from and I'm adapting them over now, majority of people that are getting into this business, I'm sorry, into this course are just getting into their business. So many of them are working professionals and so they're not able to necessarily come to a live component. And I was finding that it wasn't a good ROI for myself or my students to do a live component. So I've just kind of now gotten to where I want to be as accessible as possible, but to a limit because you don't want to overwhelm, right? So I don't open up my emails for a flood of questions. It's not like if you email me, I'm going to tell you, no, I won't answer. What we have done is we structured 
in the schedule, we have the study halls and we encourage people to catch up through dripping of the emails. You know, we remind people, we nudge them along, but within our community so that it can be a group think type session and communication and discussion as well. We have specific threads for each week of that initial calendar, whether it's six to eight weeks. And then people can just come back and ask questions and read later on in the future. And I have absolutely no problem with doing that. I haven't found that to be an abuse of my time or anything. And accessibility is super huge, especially when you, depending on whatever your subject matter is. And my subject matter is something that's very nuanced. I mean, it's legal stuff. It's foreign. Many people have not had introduction to it. And so having a library, if you will, of being able to see past questions of other students has been super valuable. So that's one reason I'm also, I moved away from the live component, not just because of the scheduling issues, but text. But what I was going to say is sometimes someone might ask a question and it's way too in-depth for me to explain by text. I'll do a quick video and pop it in the group, but that way everyone can get the benefit of it. Unless they specifically email and say, hey, will you keep this confidential? Yeah, Yeah. But other than that, we really try to keep it as group oriented as possible. You know, I'm glad that you shared the evolution of the program. We don't always hear those stories of of how a program starts. What do you feel you learned along the way of, you know, going from the text to doing the live to now where it is now? What did you learn as a course creator? I think the biggest thing is listening to your students, right? Like I was so, and this is something I struggle with my content is my goal is to you don't know what you don't know. So I'm there to fill it. And sometimes for me, and this has been my own fault for many years, and I still have to force myself when I do marketing or in these courses, I can't have this mindset of, well, let me force them to have a study hall and they have to ask questions during a certain time and everyone's going to love that and it'll keep them accountable. No, the reality is, and I should have known better than anyone else, life gets in the way and then they would become frustrated and stressed out because they weren't able to attend. So for me, it's really the biggest lesson is stopping and listening to them, right? What is a better option? And I source them all the time. And I say, hey, I've got a new enrollment coming up. Do you guys want to go back to the live or do you like the thread based mm-hmm. or, you know, what suits your needs better? Now, to add on to that, though, something that I really have learned over the years, when I used to get a question or a complaint, I would jump to to fix it for that person. And I'm not saying not to offer customer service, but you can't trip all over yourself to fix all complaints. Let's say in this example, I put out a poll to the students and say, hey, do you want live component or do you want the text based? I can't trip all over myself and take the five different feedbacks and do all five different avenues. <laughs> right. But then it starts taxing my resources and they end up not getting a good end result either. So for me, it's listening to what they want, kind of looking at it from a the good of the general public, right? The good of the general class of what they want the most. And then taking that and setting the expectations for the future classes. And this was another thing. Here's a couple of lessons that you asked for one, but... <laughs> You know, when students came in, when I had the live component, I mean, they some enjoyed it, but I didn't have any pushback when I moved away from the live component in the future classes. Because one thing that I do offer to my students is you come in, you do your six to eight weeks, you have all that lifetime access, but I'll also do what's called a refresh. When I do another open cart, closed cart enrollment, I will tell my old students, y'all, I know some of you didn't finish all this. It's time for you to run back through, come refresh with me, right? And so they get to run through it again and be just as involved and ask questions again. 
And I've never had any of them complain, oh, well, we used to have live and now we don't. In fact, it's been all positive because I listened to the feedback of them preferring, you know, whatever way I was providing feedback to them. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just listening and applying and, of course, structuring that within your life as well. I used to trip all over myself to fit their schedules. And I'm kind of, I don't know, I guess I'm getting older. I'm kind of to the point. Let's just find a middle ground. Listening is so powerful. I'm glad that you said that. I think that, you know, you touched on the fact that a lot of people who are taking the course are new to entrepreneurship or new to whatever business that they're just starting. And one of the things I've learned or noticed rather is with new entrepreneurs, new business owners, sometimes they struggle to know how to listen or, you know, they're so in love with their perspective and their idea and what they think that they fail to listen, which is is so powerful because it it can oftentimes do the work for you and help you not stress out and worry. You can just ask, (laughs) you know, it sounds so simple, but, (laughs) but it's it's true. You hit it right on. They're also overwhelmed. Yes. And also your course is probably not the only one they're taking. It's not the only one they're ever going to take. So while it's your baby, it may not be the baby to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So I'm in your course. Can you walk me through the structure? You started, you gave us a high level before. You said six to eight weeks. Tell me, what am I going to learn? What am I going to get out of it? When I have people come in, they're going to get an introductory video. We're going to give kind of this, you know, aerial overview of what we're going to go through. And it is actually what's, it's, this was purposeful. If you guys download my free checklist, it very mirrors the free checklist that's available. So I've partnered the freemium content with the deep dive content. And so that first video is taking essentially the checklist and saying, hey, I know many of y'all have got here because you had the free checklist. You realized you were overwhelmed. You need help. Here's the key points you're going to learn in each of these. And we run through and it starts the foundation things of like, protecting yourself because what's the point of being in business if you're going to have yourself personally liable and you can end up losing it when an issue happens. Notice I said when an issue happens, (laughs) not if an issue happens. So things like business setup, getting the proper legal documents in order, choosing the right insurance. I mean, and all the way through, we build upon that. So it's like layers of a cake. We start with the foundations of all the legal stuff that you need to do to get set up. We talk a bit about taxes. I don't purport to be a CPA. I know enough to be dangerous. And this is enough information to help them feel empowered and confident when they go talk to a CPA, which is another good point. I don't purport this class to be a substitute for a lawyer or a CPA or a financial planner. I have all of that information in there. But like I said earlier in the interview, to me, it's really important for you to have a good foundational knowledge before you go in and talk to a professional person, like a lawyer. Yeah. And actually, I do this even with my own clients. I'll tell them, stop before we meet. I want you guys to sit down and make a list of like the most important things in your business, you know, the most important workflows, what your goals are with this. You know, we really walk through. And so that's one of the first steps and kind of things that we do with Blog Legally is we start there and then we move through the protection steps, business formation taxes and all of that. But the goal is it'll give enough information that if they want to DIY stuff, they can. I always have the advisement that I don't recommend it. But it's so that when you walk into that lawyer and CPA's office, 
you're not overwhelmed. I've already done the overwhelming for them and you've had time to think through. I've given you top questions and things you need to think about. And it makes that time with that professional service individual better ROI than if you just came in cold. I went a little bit off track of your question. No, no, I I think you actually answered two questions. You answered, you know, the structure as well as what they'll be able to do after completing the program. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being able to feel confident and have the knowledge, the foundational knowledge that they need to then either do it themselves if they so choose, not that you advise that, or to go consult with a professional and feel like they know what they're talking about. But one of the things you didn't mention, which I think is worth mentioning, is that by helping me be better prepared to go speak to a lawyer or a CPA, you're saving me money because... We all know that that, you know, you're going to get that bill. So the less time it takes for me to, the less meetings, you're, you're basically saving me money. And a potential for error. Because like I mentioned earlier, you know, there's many lawyers who may not understand internet law yeah. or whatever you want to attach to it, right? So, you know, I guess this, the main topics, again, you guys can look at the checklist for it. And don't be fooled to think, oh, well, I'm just going to get the free checklist and I'll know everything. No, it's literally a checklist list, right? You know, it doesn't give you the information on, well, why should I choose an LLC or a corporation? Or should I have a certain IRA, you know, to save for retirement? It doesn't talk about at what threshold I should take certain tax elections and, you know, that can save me money. And that's really what the course is doing. The end game is to be protected, make these strategic decisions. But we even go through things since it is blog and it's talking about content-based strategy and protection what type of disclaimers and disclosures you need to have on your website that can be paired for anybody. Like maybe you're listening to this and you go, oh, I'm not a blogger. I just have a blog. Well, good. Let's say you're using testimonials, right? If you, I'll just give you guys some information out of the course. Totally cool. Like it's, let's say I come to you and I'm like, hey, I'm going to give you the blog legally course in exchange for a testimonial. And you give me a testimonial, it's glowing and I use it. Well, I legally have to disclose every single time I use your testimonial that I gave you something in exchange for the testimonial. Yeah. Right. The goal is to put the public on notice to know that your review of Blog Legally might have been a little tainted because you got it for free. (laughs) Um, And so it's learning things like that that you may not necessarily know. And that is probably where a typical lawyer would stop and tell you. Where I take it a step further is to say, all right, let's get around this, not in a sneaky or unethical way, but let's think about another arrangement we can make that doesn't require me to have to write a disclosure every time that I use your testimonial. How about I just ask for testimonials from existing students? How about I just send, you know, send you a gift card after the fact thanking you, but you don't know I'm going to send you one, right? Things like that are creative ways you can get around not having to sit there and do this burdensome disclosure of every time you use a testimonial. Because in those last two examples I gave, you weren't giving me a testimonial in exchange to receive something. You didn't know you were going to receive a gift card after the fact, or you just simply gave me a testimonial because you liked my course and you wanted it. So those are ways that I take not just, you know, telling you the law, but how we can apply it to best suit us when we're actually going to be implementing 
all of this in the business. Yeah, which another great example. And the last two that you gave actually makes your testimonial more powerful. Yes. Because we've all been on maybe Amazon where we see the the testimonials from people who were, you know, given the free products. Mm -hmm. And it just, it makes you feel like, oh, well, you know, this feels a little biased. Mm -hmm. But it definitely feels more powerful if you do suggestions like you you made and you have a testimonial and people don't know that they're going to receive anything for it. So I love that you shared that. It's a great example. All right. So we've talked about the structure. I want to know what are the legal challenges in creating a program like this one that provides legal information and resources? What were the considerations that you had when you created this program? What did you have to abide by? Well, the first thing selfishly I thought was if I give them this information for a couple hundred bucks, well, then they're not going to need me. And that's actually not true because look at it's kind of this trickle down effect. There's the free checklist. I'm basically outlining everything to you that we would talk about in a legal planning meeting, right? High level, not a lot of stuff, but it's identifying things that you would need in your business. And then the next step is getting you into blog legally. And you're going to get more than enough information to be able to do what you need to do. But there's still going to be people that are like, you know what? I know enough now that I ain't even touching this <laughs> football and that $200 or whatever it was I paid for, it was well worth to know for me to learn this lesson, to not do it myself. I'm going to hire someone else. So that was a learning lesson that I had to get over from the very beginning because I thought, well, if I give it all here, they won't need me. And that's not true. There's still always going to be people that still want to buy into your products or services, you know, trickling down. You're going from the tripwire product all the way through like a medium level yeah. all the way to your premium. Now, does it still serve them even if they never buy into premium? 100%, right? It still meets their needs, which brings me to another point of consideration on this. Be very specific of what you're going to deliver, you know, not just from a sales perspective. You want your sales page to be as specific as possible without overwhelming, but they need enough information to be able to click buy. But then you also need to make sure that you're actually providing enough information. For me, one of my biggest fears has always been, well, I'm a people pleaser. So one of my biggest fears with students from the very beginning, been them saying, I didn't get enough for my money. Actually, because I was so scared of that, I went so far in the other direction that I gave so much information that I probably undercut myself and I completely overwhelmed them. So yeah. I had to learn to actually prune it back over the years or save that information for like when they ask a question and I see that they've grasped level one, then I can throw out like level two information for them. So from legal considerations, obviously all needs to be original content, which sometimes can be a little difficult when I'm selling legal information. I'm not making up the laws here, right? But what's original is my analysis and application of them, my recommendations, like how we just talked through the testimonial stuff. You know, that sort of stuff is original and what I can bring from my skill set and meet the needs of students. Yeah. I think those were the biggest considerations. You know, one of the things you've mentioned or touched on a couple times, I want to pause and talk about, which is, a lot of new course creators have this fear of, well, what should I offer for free? And does that mean that then people won't buy from me? Like if I'm giving away everything. Mm -hmm. And I love how you put it in buckets. So for anyone who may have missed that, 
you have your free content, which can, it's still delivering value, but it's at a higher level. It's, you know, more of a a touch point or in your case, it's a checklist. Mm -hmm. But then the next step is your paid product, which shows the, you know, the how to implement. Mm -hmm. And then you took it a step further and said, then there are people who we're all so overwhelmed, right? We all have so much going on. So there are going to be people who say, you know what? This information was great. Can you do it for me? It's like taxes are a great example. 100%. <laughs> Girl, I know enough to do them, but I have I don't I'm want it. <laughs> I am the same way. I will happily write that check and let someone who is qualified and likes to do that to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely levels. And I think that what we have to do is get away from that fearful mindset that we're going to give everything away. People won't buy from us and just recognize the different segments and needs in our audience. And, you know, it's interesting because I've seen what my biggest fear play out for others, right? Like I'll ask in a group, well, what do you think of this course? I think this would be really good either for me to take or for me to recommend. And I've had people say, oh, well, his course is great, but I learned the exact same thing out of his book. And you kind of have to take it as a grain of salt, right? Because did you really though? I mean, I think sometimes it's all about the consumer, the one who's actually consuming the information are they truly picking up on the valuable nuggets? Like for me, there's great value into having a course that packages everything, gives it to me. And it could be general stuff that I could find for free on the web. So A, you're reducing my time and energy having to find it. B, it's vetted. And then also, even if you only throw out a couple of few nuggets, that's all you need sometimes to revolutionize a mindset or a strategy. You know, I took an Instagram course. Oh, it was last year and I don't even... To be honest, I wasn't even sure why I took it because I already was pretty savvy at it. But I was like, I got to be doing something. Maybe this person can reveal. And had I been a newer person to Instagram, I'd have been blown away by the information. I'm fairly adaptive strategy. So I even found myself saying to the team, you know, I didn't learn all that much. But there were three key things that I learned that were well worth the money. And those three things, I never saw this person with this Instagram course. She's never shared publicly. Mm. So for me, there was great value in paying for three things. There's only three things I got out of it, but they revolutionized. There were little tweaks that I could fix. Yeah, I love that. I love that perspective. All right, we are down to the final three questions. First one is an easy one. What is next for you? Anything exciting coming up? I'm actually going to Dubai in two weeks to talk about international business law to some wedding planners. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay, well, where can people find out more about you and your work? Oh, you guys can find me at rachelbranke.com. I am the only Rachel Branke in the world. Uh, It's funny because I have four brother-in-laws and anytime they bring home a Rachel, I'm like, no, I have worked too hard for my brand. I can't marry her. But it's true. You just Google me. You guys can find me. Everything is on rachelbranke.com. You can contact through there. But I handle all the responses on my own social media account. So you won't be getting a team member. You will get me. So if you do have questions, please just reach out. I can clarify anything I talked about here. I can direct you to some additional resources, whatever you guys need. Awesome. All right, Rachel, last question. What's your why? Why do you get up and do this work? 
because I want to live life on my terms. So cliche, but I'm telling you, I can't even express the fear that I had when I thought I wasn't even going to get to live life. And then the idea, well, if I keep living, I'm going to sit in a cubicle and fill someone else's pocket and dreams. That is more suffocating to me than anything else. And so every day when I don't want to get up and do something, I just tell myself, well, you could not have this and how many other people would love to be in your shoes. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about what it's like to be in your shoes and the decisions that you've made with your course. I think that everyone is going to learn a ton from this. So thank you for being here. Of course. Hey, family. So I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Rachel. She has so much information about the legal areas of growing an online business. And speaking of so much information, it was too much for the main episode. So we recorded a bonus and I want you to grab it. So first and foremost, let's talk about what you're going to hear in the bonus segment. You're going to find out the top legal areas that bloggers often overlook, why they are so important. So you need to know about these areas that are often overlooked so that you can know what to do about them. You're going to find out about fair use, what it means to form your business and officially have a legal structure and when you need to do it. And we're also going to talk about insurance. So if you want to get access to the bonus segment where we talk about all of that stuff and more, I've made it really easy for you. Text the word extra, extra, all one word, E-X-T-R-A, E-X-T-R-A, to the number 44222. Once again, text extra, extra to the number 44222, and you will get an email from me with a link to watch the bonus video, and you will get access to all of the previous bonus videos from other episodes. How great is that? So go ahead and opt in and get that bonus. You're going to need it if you have an online business. Also, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find them by going to zencourses.co slash 092 for episode 92. All right, that is my time. Remember, before you can level up your course, you must first level up your mind. See you next time. All right, my friends, that is my time. Remember, before you can level up your course, you must first level up your mind. As always, thank you for hanging out with me for another great episode. I do not take it for granted. I am Janelle Allen, and this has been Level Up Your Course. Peace. Peace.